Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott. Let's begin by invoking Our Lady's intercession on our work today. Hail Mary, full Full of of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So, Father Alcott, um, we were going to find an interesting topic today, right? <laughs> I think we found one. Um, what would they, and Father, what would that be? That would be how God changes the world. Oh, well, th- I'm glad we picked something that was manageable in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, when we think about, you know, sometimes, have you ever thought, like, if I was God, what would I do? You know, if I was God, would I really let this happen? Would I let that person get away with that? You know, if I was God... I'm not God, and what... I think of this sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. So, when God wants to change the world, when he wants to do something really important, mm-hmm. you know, our first thought would be like, well, if I was God, I would kind of do sort of like, you know, maybe a top-down thing. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. I would just, you know, send down some angels to just use sheer um force. force you know um because like, who can who can who can oppose an army of of mighty right. angels you know or maybe i would drown the know, whole world hypothetically well I, that did happen didn't it you know but we also might think well maybe i'd use military power maybe mm-hmm. i'd 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 have a government that would just you know implement all the right things and decisions and programs mm-hmm. you know so that you know, it would all, everything would be completely in harmony the way in order. that it should be, you know, truly, truly Christendom without any flaws. You As know? you see it. But that's not usually how God tends to work. He doesn't no. tend to use governors or presidents or potentates. The high-born, the well-connected. Right. The extensively educated. When he really wants to do something important, he uses saints. Right. He uses saints who are often some of the most unexpected um, people uh, that, that we can imagine. You know, think, for example, if you're God and you're sending your only begotten son to the world, you know, to take on our human nature, but for some 30 years he's going to live a hidden life, but he's going to need, for most of that time, protection. Mm-hmm. He's going to need protection from Satan, protection from all the, the the chaos and brokenness of the world. And not, not mm-hmm. only that, you're going to have the Ark of the New Covenant, the Immaculate Mother, you know, mm-hmm. of, your, of your divine son. Um, she also is going to need help and protection. Um, what are you going to do? You know, if, you're, if I was God, I might think, well, maybe an elite army force, you mm-hmm. know, some knights that would, that would protect, you know, their lady and you know, and, and her son, or maybe an impregnable city with gates that no one can, can you mm-hmm. know, can get through, you yeah. know, to just protect him for, for 30 years. But what does he do? He calls a carpenter. 
right. a carpenter named Joseph, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, is not an army, who's not a government program, who's not, you know, he's, he's a carpenter, you know, but, it's, but he's also a prince. That's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. A gentleman in reduced circumstances, as that's used right. to be said. That's right. One of the uh, one of the heirs of of King David, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, but but when we think about it, God so often does that, and I think that's important, especially for our own time, because we can get really preoccupied, especially in the news media, about the people with worldly power, mm-hmm. you know, governing officials, political parties, um, all kinds of international agreements or lack of agreements, right. you know, all of these things that um, vast amount of money are spent upon, spent on. And, but, you know, and sometimes we think, well, why doesn't God do something about that? Why doesn't mm-hmm. God make the government the way he really wants it? You know, and I think the answer is that that's not how God tends to work. No, he has I his think, own strategy. Yeah, I think, you know, the two things that really tr- characterize the gifts of God to us are our mortal soul and our free will. We've been... We've been given these so that we can love and love eternally. Mm-hmm. And um, if once you start talking about force, you start being taking away the will even of sinners, right? Which means that uh, their ability to love is hedged about, at mm-hmm. least from the divine side. And God won't do that, right? He can wipe away all our tears. He can heal any scar that this world gives us or that we give to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what he won't do is he won't destroy the integrity of our humanity. And, and that kind of use of force always does. Think of the way that, think of the way that um, we've seen just in the 20th century how n- in national, international movements destroy people's integrity. I mean, international causum, communism, fascism, mm-hmm. even you know, within our own country, say in the 30s, you know, pe- you know people who were, because of their color, uh, you know, uh, that used as, as tough subjects for medicines without their consent, where, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you know, the sterilization which, which we did of people who had uh, mental diseases or problems or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that these, all these things are part of human history on all sides. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it, it, and in the use, this use of force is destructive of our de- divinity. It might look, like the right way to go for some of, or the efficient look. I think that's that's the the uh, seductive power, mm. seduction of power, rather. You know mm-hmm. that you can fix all these things. We couldn't even look at it in the past year with all the COVID virus and how the reaction of government sources to it. You mm-hmm. know, has there been overreaching? I don't want to get into particulars, but there is certainly conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and even when God does use force, you know, mm-hmm. such as we hear about in the book of Exodus, you know. Right. Who does he call to uh, to deliver his people he from does, Egypt? He calls an unlikely person. We always think of Moses, you know, with the Charlton Heston look and the, the great voice and the prophet. But, you know, when he, the reason he ended up where he was near Horeb, because he was a murderer on the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, sets up with a local girl as a shepherd, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's on, in those circumstances that God finally calls him to, him to himself at the at what would seem like the end of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, at the, to the traditional age he was called is eighty. Mm. Right. 
And he wasn't the most uh, skilled orator either. No, no, he, he really couldn't speak. He let all the talking to his brother Aaron, who becomes mm-hmm. the high priest later. Right. So when God wants to make a major change, you know, mm-hmm. he calls Moses. That's right. And long before Moses, you know, when when God wanted to, you know, feed his people who were subject to famine, you know, and were forced to go down to Egypt for help, mm-hmm. you know, he called Joseph, That's you know, right. who was uh, the youngest son, uh, who was sold as a slave, mm-hmm. you know, to, and then later turned out to, to be the one who would save his people. You could know, say even literally. Abraham. You know, like, there's nothing really, there's nothing remarkable about Abraham when he is called. Mm-hmm. Why does God chose, choose him? That's mm-hmm. sort of a mystery that I, I wondered about. Yeah, especially it, someone who had no offspring, no children. Right, you know, this is... And this, was already advanced in age. Right, right, exactly. It's one of those things, if I was God, I don't think that would be my first choice. Mm-hmm. But yet that's that's who God chooses. Um, and maybe that's partly because he wants us to to not take pride, you know, you know, when, when we see how he can use the the most unlikely people. And maybe right. it's also because to give us hope right. that if God can use this person, mm-hmm. maybe he can... Maybe I have a part in his plan as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be one of the elite. I don't have to be one of the powerful. I don't right. have to be one of the well-born. I can, I can just be me. I think, you know, with this year of St. Joseph that we're celebrating, Joseph remains a wonderful person to meditate on in precisely these, uh, in these circumstances. Um, he's, he's a father, you know, the, and the Holy Father in his, in his encyclical... Uh, not well. His letter on his Saint letter, Joseph, Patris yeah, Corday, Patris Corday, uh, has wonderful thing to say about him. Right, right. That, and one of the things that st- stuck out to me the most mm-hmm. was um, creative courage. Joseph was a man of creative courage. God gave him great challenges mm-hmm. and didn't immediately show him the answer. And it was no. left to Joseph to figure out what to do, often on very short notice. Right. I think this is worth digging into, mm-hmm. but let me just say a word. Uh, you, friends, you're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a li- half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Alcott, and we've been discussing how God changes the world. With a, and now we're going to dig into how he changed the world specifically through the work of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, St. Joseph... Creative um, courage, you were saying. Creative courage. Um, the the son of the Eternal Father, uh, who has taken flesh in the womb of Mary, uh, is going to be born, and it happens to occur uh, in the middle of a census, and Joseph arrives at Bethlehem, Mary's nearing her time, and guess what? The inn is full. There's no room. You know, if I was God, I might have mercy on Joseph and said, okay, well, here's, look, here's a, here's a little beautiful little house. I'm going to drop down mm-hmm. right out of heaven and plop right down in front of you. No, he doesn't do that. You know, Joseph has to figure out something using his own creativity. And so he does. He finds a small hillside shelter for animals and, and makes it into a home mm-hmm. fitting for the king. You know, and then later when, as Pope Francis points out in his letter, uh, you know, God gives Joseph a few hours' notice to pack up all the f- family's possessions and 
go to Egypt to flee the wrath of an of a jealous king. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Joseph does. He doesn't, you know, he, he, he just, and so think about that, you know, at a few hours notice, you have to pack up all of your family's possessions, travel to a foreign country where you don't know the language, somehow find a job, you know, that will support your mm-hmm. wife right. and her child uh, for many years, not knowing how long that's going to last, not knowing when you can come back, if you can ever come back. Right. So, yeah, so, so Joseph has to, has to do that, you know, so that required creativity and, and courage. And, and rather than God just laying everything out in front of him, sometimes, you know, often Joseph had to, had to puzzle that out himself. But that mm-hmm. was, again, part of God's providential plan. And in fact, you know, Christ ends up recapitulating history, you know, the history of the, of the people of God precisely in these ways. Out of Egypt I have called my son. Right, so, right. so when, after Herod the Great dies, you know, the, and the threat is lessened, Joseph comes back. But instead, of course, going back to Bethlehem, mm-hmm. he goes up to Nazareth, you know, way up in the hill country. And there the child grows in wisdom and age and grace. Mm-hmm. You know, and Joseph m- quietly falls into the shadows. You know, mm-hmm. his work is there's a certain bittersweet quality, I think, to some of the saints in the life of Jesus. John the Baptist is another one, but these are ones who actually don't see the fullness of what happens. They don't mm-hmm. see the the public ministry. They don't see the the Calvary. They don't see the resurrection mm-hmm. or the Pentecost. Right. You know, so there's this, and, and there's a certain purity of faith in them as a result. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, when <clears throat> you see the results of your work, I mean, I think most of us have, well, those of us who preach, for instance, you know, normally we're cast in the seed of the gospel from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you look at the crowd and you can't tell what's going on, if anything, in their hearts, you know, God bless them. But, you know, sometimes they'll come back. You know, or years later, you, I've never forgotten that sermon, Father, where you said such and such. Mm-hmm. You know, and that really turned my way around. You know, uh, and so, so you get you get to see the fruit of your work in right. words, in a way that I think Joseph didn't. Right. You know, that John the Baptist didn't. Right. It, it occurs to me that when you think about Joseph's role in the mm-hmm. in the first chapters of. Matthew and, and Luke, it's almost like, you know, if you look at a, all the credits after a movie, you know, mm-hmm. the people that are this, the people that, all the people that have to move things around, right. you know, have, yeah, to, yeah. have right. to transport the cast from right. one production site to another, you know, who mm-hmm. moving the scenery, you know, making sure everyone gets the right to the right place and gets their lunch on the set. and every, The catering you know, like, service. Yeah, exactly. Those people that are just those little, the little people that just might get a, a quick mentioned in the credits, you know, as they, as they roll by, but, you know, and, and Joseph must have in some ways felt like that, mm-hmm. you know, during his lifetime. And, but, but isn't that how many of us feel, you know, um, we don't always see the, what we're really doing. We don't always see at the time, the important role of what God asks us to do. So mm-hmm. Sometimes like, like in preaching, sometimes someone will come back later and, and we get an inkling of right. what, what is done, but not always. Not always. Yeah. And certainly in most of the time, no. So right. you just don't, but that's, but I think he's, he's a great saint for, for us to, to think about how, how God does really make big changes. Um, there's so many others since, since the time 
You know, we think of, uh, you know, if uh, if you wanted to, if you're God and you wanted to bring, you know, the good news of the gospel, the, the, the news of the reign of God to the entire Mediterranean world, mm-hmm. most of the Roman Empire, um, you know, what would you do about it? You know, would you start a, a big campaign? Would you start a program? <laughs> well, <laughs> would you yeah. start a, a printing press? You know, well, yeah. how about calling a, a Pharisee who hates <laughs> who hates Christians and is dragging them to jail? That's right. You know, well, that's and, what God. That's and what is God involved, chose. And involved in murder again. Mm-hmm. You know, right? We were talking right. about Saint Paul, of course, who was standing right there watching people's cloaks. Oh, it's approving first, of it, and actually, uh, as an official witness of the of the stoning. Right, the very that's first martyr, he was there the cloaks, yeah. on the wrong side. You know, right. so yeah, so that's when you're God. That's that's who you pick. Um, you know when. When you, uh, you know, in the Middle Ages, when you realize there's a need to um, restore the um, the romance of of what it is to to love Christ, you mm-hmm. know, and to, and to and to and to love the poor Christ, right? Um, to pick, apply yeah. all of the, you know, some of the vanity of right. of uh, of of a worldly of a worldly chivalry, and, and apply mm-hmm. it to. Um, the love of God for his bride, the church. Right. Who do you pick? Who do you pick? How about the vain... Spoiled brat of a son of a textile merchant. merchant. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whose name was Francis. Whose name was Francis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when you want to, you know, when you realize this culture of death is, is quickly spreading over southern France, mm-hmm. you know, with some dangerous half-truths that are stumping even some of the best emissaries mm-hmm. that you know the vatican has to send right you know what do you do you know do you right. start a crusade well well that was done that and, was done and but it's it's not remembered well <laughs> <laughs> but how about calling uh you know a lowly priest who happens to be part of the staff of a bishop in a small diocese who's happening to be just passing through yeah and has a conversation with an innkeeper right who's fallen away from the true faith right and who's who finds in that night-long conversation that brings him back to goodness and to communion in the Holy Church, uh, the mission of his life. Right. You know, to preach the gospel and bring others to it. And that's St. Dominic, of course, we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's so many. I mean, you could go on and on. There's so many saints like that. But but I think it's good to remember that, that this is a pattern. This is These are not isolated instances. Mm-hmm. This is a pattern. And when we remember that, we we can gain hope for our own world, mm-hmm. you know, that that we don't have to always have exactly the right conditions, you know, in the worldly powers in order to, for God's will to unfold exactly mm-hmm. the way he wants it to. Now, now he does use them. You know, well, I, I don't know about the center of them all. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, you could think of the, the Joseph of Arimathea, who was wealthy True. and well-connected, and, but he's, uh, he's not the cent- one of the center players. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, you could, the three wise men, the magi, you could say that. You could say that about even saints like Stephen I of Hungary or mm-hmm. Louis IX of France, you know, who make possible the renovation of Holy Church, sometimes by their assistance of other saints, mm-hmm. like uh, Thomas Aquinas. It was right. a, that famous story about Louis IX being at table, right, and St. Thomas is coming in. Because he's got a dinner appointment, and you know, priests, we we know what this is. There's some people, you know, they ask you to dinner, and you really can't say no, you know, because it's 
it's you have to you have to those friendships are important. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, Thomas is thinking obviously during the dinner and not really paying attention to the entertainments. And all of a sudden, at one point, he smashes his hand on the table and says, "That's how I re- uh, how I uh, rebuke the Manichees." <laughs> and dead silence in the hall. You know, he's managed to completely put dinner, you know, at sixes and sevens. And the king, being gracious, uh, King Louis, St. Saint, Saint Louis, uh, calls for pen and paper that the great theologian may put down on paper these thoughts mm. before he loses them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Then they serve dessert. Right. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, I mean it, God doesn't only use people that are... Right. But it's remarkable because we, our good default is to seek power. Right. To look to the powerful, to the well-connected, to the wealthy, mm-hmm. to be the movers and shakers. And God can shake up reality in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the coercive power, coercive force of power and wealth and connection, he actually prefers... Uh, for the big moments of what he's doing, to work with the poor, the neglected, the one who isn't, you know, these are the, like the second, you know, not the firstborn normally, but the, the secondborn and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jacob and Esau is an example, Joseph and his brothers. Right. Of course, Christ is a firstborn, but that's so because he, the Redeemer, need to be sent out to be redeemed, and you've right. got all that in the presentation of the temple. So right. it's, as I said, there's a thousand different threads of tapestry here. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it reminds a wonderful, me of, a beautiful story of truth. reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> Are you a Lord of the Rings fan, Father? I'm glad you asked. I am, in fact. I am. <laughs> in the Fellowship of the Ring, when they're about to send out this curious fellowship of, of nine, yeah. you know, against the greatest force of, of darkness in Middle-earth, mm-hmm. um, Elrond prophetically says, you know, the the road will be hard and it'll be very, very long, you know, but but the weak may attempt it as well as the strong, you right. know, for mm-hmm. so often is it in the ways of the world, you know, small hands do what they must while the eyes of the great are elsewhere. That's right. And so, and that's what, and that's what happens, you know, it's the, it's the hobbits, you know, that end up the ones changing, mm-hmm. changing the whole Sometimes I think we don't recognize we have ministry, uh, we have jobs from God when we do it. If we're summoned to God, I mean, in this, this is a pattern in the scripture. If anyone is summoned to the presence of God, they're given a mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't go away with from God ever empty-handed. You're always you're given something to do. And, uh, you know, so um, in the case of, I think when you talk about many of us, you know, our sacraments are the place where Christ calls us to something. So priesthood is one kind of thing, but I'm not sure if we, most people think of their marriages, mm-hmm. for instance, as a moment that they were summoned before God and then given a work. I mean, you think right. about it, it should be, it should be like easy to see that, you know, they're called together in front of God and the, the whole congregation and they promise to be, you know, faithful to each other. And they're asked about receiving children from God. So, I mean, they're there to be, you know, partners towards glory they're giving each other you know as a mission mm-hmm. for holiness mm-hmm. you know to be that husband and wife should be uh saints for each other you know that they mm-hmm. practice a, uh, a a selfless charity toward the other for the sake of each other's salvation and also 
for the establishment, this is the other part of marriage, the establishment of and building up of families. Right. In one sense, as soon as they walk out the the church, they have a family because they have a whole new set of relatives they didn't have before on both sides. Right, right. And, you know, so I frequently say, you know, that's one of the, that's the first effect of marriage. You come in with one set of crazy relatives, you leave with two. <laughs> uh, where, but it's even with your own children, you know, there's this formation of a domestic church of, of, you know, birthing them, educating them, nourishing them uh, for the life in this world and the world to come, and then mm-hmm. seeing them settled in that road as best you can. At some point, they're responsible for their own path. Right. But but that that's the work of marriage, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if people see that quite as um, a mission from God right. to do that all the time. Right. Because it's, I imagine life in Nazareth occasionally would be would be difficult. Yeah, you know that. You know, I, I remember there's a piece in the Prince piece in the, one, in the Missal, which has uh, one of the editions of Missals in our house, which has Joseph and Mary and Jesus in the same room. Jesus, J- Joseph is working a piece of furniture, Mary's sewing, and J- Ma- Ma- Jesus seems to be wanting to help our Blessed Lady by mm-hmm. holding up a golden thread. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, there's shavings all over the floor, and I can't imagine if you're trying to do textiles, this is a good thing to have, you know. <laughs> that there must have been this kind of confusion right. uh, that, the, you know, it's not ill will but all the little things you know people come home tired and right. you know and uh and exhausted and you know joseph has a bad day at work dealing with a customer or you know and or try to deal with these egyptians you know mm-hmm. while, while they're in exile in egypt so there's that's lots of things you can meditate upon and see the connection to the small things in your own life where christ is still acting where god is still working right to de- develop this vocation and this mission that you have from him yeah yeah, I'm sure parents like St. Joseph feel like they're kind of, you know, there's people on the credits that move their kids from one place to another, That's from right. violin practice to, That's right. you know, swimming to <laughs> school right. to right. all this stuff, you know, but but yet that's the stuff, that was the stuff of Mary and that's right. Joseph's life as well. So what's your last word on this matter, Father? <laughs> Just remember that God changes the world through seemingly very ordinary people, you know, that have extraordinary um, commitment to the mission that God has given them, and live it with heroic charity. And so, and so Joseph is a paradigm for that. Exactly. Okay. Let's end now in prayer. O light of the church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom. Preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820, Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.